Welcome back to the Living Every Now podcast. My name is Will. My name is Jake. And today I want to talk about leading yourself and applying leadership principles to not only like leading teams and the traditional implications of leadership, but applying them to personal development and relationships. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of this concept. Is this... Is this is a willism, yeah. All right, that, I love that. First of all, second of all, is this sort of along the lines of think just thinking for your oneself, like having that sort of agency? Mm, I don't think so. Maybe there's a connection there. Okay, well, I'm ready for the ride. That, that yeah. is this podcast. <laughs> well, we'll see how it goes. I, I this might be full of nothing, but uh, I want to start by saying that let's talk about it. Leadership is very much about practice and. Knowing the theory behind good leadership does not make you a good leader. Kind of like how, I don't know, being good at the theory of physics does not make you good at driving a race car or something, which mm-hmm. involves understanding understanding the, the, the theory of physics. Mm-hmm. And in order to become a good leader, you really just have to practice. It's, it's not enough to know the principles or whatever. And I do not purport to be a good or great leader but I do have some interesting life experiences and went to an interesting college in which um, understanding the theory behind leadership, at least, uh, was very much part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So I, in college, had to learn all these you know, leadership models and take all these classes on leaderships and do leadership workshops. And the entire semester was, was broken down into practicing leading, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like I understand a lot of the theory behind leadership. And what I've tried to do with that background is kind of take out all of the um, commonalities between different leadership uh, frameworks and kind of take what I think is the best of, of all of them. And I kind of codified them into these four rules, which I think summarize most of leadership advice. And I consequently also think that these four principles are not only good advice for leadership, but they're good advice for relationships and they're good advice for personal development because I think they're all kind of fundamentally the same problem. Okay. It's about understanding human nature. Very cool. Um, Very cool. Cool. Yeah. I'll save, I'll save the, like appropriate questions for when yeah, we get to each section. So I'll start by just explaining what I think the four most fundamental principles are. Okay. And then I'll get into applying them to personal development and relationships. I love that organization. We should, I'm going to steal that. Like telling us how we're going to go about it. I love that. I, I guess so. That's nice. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> so the, the first one I think is to... Um, have a clear mission and communicate it well. And, you know, obviously you can see where this is going in terms of the, the personal development side. It's like, it's knowing your why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And in leadership, it's really important to like know what it is you're trying to do as a team and communicate that to everyone. Yeah. Um, And you're going to notice that communication is uh, a super big trend in all of these principles. So the second one is, have clear boundaries and communicate them well. Nice. <laughs> um, so in terms of leadership, that looks like, you know, having 
uh, standards and expectations that people are actually held accountable to and knowing which things you care about in terms of your standards and actually enforcing them okay. and then knowing about which things you don't care about and not enforcing those. So if you have rules in an organization, make sure those rules are enforcing things that you actually care about. And they're not just rules for rules sake. Cause for me personally, that's like one of my hugest pet peeves. Me too. Is when, when the rules don't actually enforce the behavior that matters, Yes, they just enforce compliance. I'm super against those as well. It gave me a very bad relationship with authority as a good kid. So it was, it was a weird dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, maybe that's just us being immature. Yeah. Pro- probably, but I still fuck those. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, definitely. Let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the next one? Um, the next principle is to, let me see if I can remember my own freaking principles. Here. I know Will's doing this without notes, by the way, people, this is impressive. Right off the dome piece. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the next one is to, um, care about people deeply and communicate that to them. So the, the most important leadership advice I think is just to care about people mm-hmm. and like genuinely give a fuck. Like yeah. if someone's having a hard time, like ask them how they're doing and make sure they're doing well, look out for their best interests and be yeah. them for their, be there for them like as a person first. And that, that one's kind of hard to apply to yourself, but we're going to get into that a little bit. Okay. I feel like, I feel like you hear that kind of rhetoric in leadership coaching, which mm-hmm. I think is so ass back. Like I know it's important to say, mm-hmm. but I also think it's so ass backwards. Like as a leader, I feel like you should care about people, period. You like know what that, I mean? That, well, no, because that kind of is leadership. It's like that. It's just caring about people. And I know. Getting people to, to buy into the mission and, and the boundaries. I know, but the fact that you have to say, you know, if somebody's having a bad day, ask them how they do it. This isn't yeah. just you. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like people say this and it just frustrates me to all hell that people are like studying that. And I'm like, it's just people, bro. Like just love people, man. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry. I don't know. It's hard. Like, it's <laughs> like if you're at work, like, yeah, this is your employee, whatever. You're not friends with this person. Like, I don't know. I guess I was just raised differently. I just, I, I guess I you're just, just like, raised different. I guess you're just different, Jake. I, just, Good I was for built, you. To build different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last principle is to take ownership over every problem you see and to communicate those problems. Jacko. Yeah. Mr. Jacko uh, is a big proponent of taking ownership. Okay. Yeah. So, so those are my, my four principles. Let me first say, I think they're very solid. Thank you. I think you thought those through very well. I like all of those. I think that you kind of cover a lot of ground there. And other than, I want to ask you what you think makes the quality of leader at some point in this conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think just in general, those those um, definitely suit somebody trying to be a better leader. I, I like I like those a lot. Yeah. So how do they apply to these other areas that you're talking about? Are you, are you ready for that? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready for that. We okay. can do that. Okay. So I, relationships, I think, is a, a pretty clear uh, transfer from leadership. Okay, I'm really excited about this. It, <laughs> yeah, if you have relationships, say, with like a romantic relationship, yeah. take the, the first principle, have a mission. Like, are, are we just in this relationship to be in a relationship or are we coming together as two people to make something better than what we could be individually? Okay. Um, and, and having those conversations, communicating that mission well is hard to do. And those are hard conversations, but I think they're really important conversations. Communication, 
on every level of really a relationship is mm-hmm. a, a form of teamwork, more yeah, or less. Like, it's almost cliche at this point to say that communication is the key to every relationship. But it literally is. It literally is. And, and it's the key to leadership. It's the key to relationships. And it's the key to your relationship with yourself. And yeah. Oh my gosh. And fundamentally it seems like we take communication for granted, but we're actually all horrible at communicating. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's only through super intentional and dedicated practice to communicating better that people can learn to communicate because yeah. we literally suck mm-hmm. at communicating, but we all think we're fine at it, which is the yeah. issue. And that's exactly going back to, this is all about practice. You can understand these principles, yeah. but if you're a bad communicator, yeah. it doesn't matter if you understand the principles. No. And even if you're not the leader of said team or leader mm-hmm. of said relationship, that's something I want to talk to you about, by yeah. the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's kind of, um, what I'm going to talk about in point number four, taking accountability. Okay. You don't have to be the leader of an organization to take accountability. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Okay, good. You can, you can lead in any position by simply taking accountability. I was just going to say that. I think you, I think anybody can be a leader Mm -hmm. as, as not explicitly Mm -hmm. the leader. And the simplest way to do that is if you see a problem, take accountability of that problem, communicate the problem to other people and like Make that your problem. You're going to fix that problem. That's how you lead. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So in relationships, I like I like how this rule set applies because I think I can see how all four principles transcend sort of directly mm-hmm. into the relationship. Do you think there's any substance into sort of like Judeo-Christian gender rules? And, and what I mean by that is a man leads the household and, you know, the woman is the servant and I don't, you know, I don't think most modern Christians come from that approach that the woman is the servant, but it's very clear in the Bible that for example, the man is the leader of the household. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just kind of wanted to think of, ask you if you thought there was any weight in that and where that might, where that might come from sort of evolutionarily. And if you think, because, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Because I feel like it can, I know this is a tough topic, but I feel like it can go either way, honestly. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's important, more important to embody what you're saying, whatever you're going to do. And I think I think ultimately decisions should be made in partnership and mm-hmm. not so much I'm the boss. You know, and I don't yeah. think anybody leading a household is like, oh, I'm the boss. But I definitely think there comes a moment where shit hits the fan and somebody's got to take the first step. And I think... I'm going to raise my son and my daughter to do that. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the problem with talking about gender roles is just that language is hard and it's hard to express how two people can be in the same relationships and have different roles, but still have the same amount of power, even though from the outside it might not look like that. Yeah. So I don't have a good answer for, you know, whether the man should wear the pants in the relationship or even what it means to wear the pants in the relationship. But I I think it is better if there's a little bit of specialization in the roles and one person, you know, is the final say or is the main decision maker. And mm-hmm. then I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I've never been in, you know, a marriage, a good marriage <laughs> or a long relationship. I, I've had good models for that in my life. Yeah. And it has, uh, my parents' relationship has, has benefited from, I guess, traditional. More uh, specialization. Yeah. Like my mom is the best mom I've ever known. Um, 
She's the only mom have, who, that I've ever had, but I, I wouldn't trade her for, for the world. Um, but my relationship with her is very different from my relationship with my dad. Uh-huh. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I, 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 I think there's a lot to explore. I think that conversation could be had endlessly, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think probably we'd benefit from some female opinion in that conversation I, as well. I, I was just about to say, yeah. I, like, I don't know like what, it, what it's like to, to be a girl. So I Yeah. Don't. All I can say is that with my limited experience, I would raise my kids to take be action oriented in, in, in situations and not be afraid to take the reins mm-hmm. where they need to be and see fit. And not that there's any lesser or greater role, but that it's all unit, you know, mm-hmm. the team has to, you know, we have to have the guy who shoots threes. Mm-hmm. We got to have the point guard, you know, yeah. we got to have the center and that's how this team's going to beat this other team or function correctly or, mm-hmm. and be a, be a highly functional family. Um, interesting though. I just wanted to, I just wanted to approach yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So the, the second principle applied to relationships is to have boundaries. Um, and that's pretty obvious, but it's more about the communication of those boundaries than anything. I think it's yeah. easy to have relationship problems because one person's not okay with something and they're secretly unhappy, but it's yeah. hard to talk about a lot of those things. Um, so communication is the key. Yeah. Know what you want, know what you don't want and tell people that. And if, they don't like what you have to say, then that relationship should, is not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get so, out of that relationship. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I think that's really a good point. Uh, something I'm trying to constantly get better at, and I don't have the most practice in the world. I'm not like in and out of relationships all the time. But what I want to do better, and what I'm proud of myself for getting better at, is as soon as I feel a certain way, communicating that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will let that linger a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and you know try and figure out how I really feel. But I, you know how you feel when you feel something, mm-hmm. you know? So m- what I've been trying to do is adapt that response mm-hmm. to in, in my action because of that response in my brain to be as quick as possible. I want the yeah. space between those to be as limited as possible. I think you're actually pretty good at that. And thank you. you've shown me that it's it's really important to, to say how you feel. Um, there was an example like probably a month ago where uh-huh. I went on a date with a girl uh-huh. on the night that we were supposed to have our, our <laughs> weekly live in every now meeting. And I got back and like, I knew that I'd, I'd fucked up before you even said anything. And I knew that you were like kind of pissed about the fact that I'd blown off our meeting, even though I was like trying to do it at like nine o'clock at night. Um, like there was no hiding the fact, but the fact that you brought it up and you were, you were just like open about it changed the entire situation yeah. and like you had a boundary that you're not going to waste my time. Yeah. And like after that, like it was, it was very clear. And if you hadn't have brought it up, I, I still would have felt bad about it, but I, it would not have been as actionable. It wouldn't, I don't know. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I think you're, 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 you're good at that and you should continue to say how you feel. I will. I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> like if you have a boundary, it's kind of like about knowing what your own boundaries are, which is a hard thing to do. That's that's probably a more important pre-work mm-hmm. to this even getting in that situation. Yeah, but yeah. A, a good proxy is just what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad. And if something makes you feel bad, just say that. Yeah, yeah, and and I, again, I've been on this wave of I've I've been talking to mm-hmm. you personally, like off record, about how radical transparency. It, it feels radical because not many people are doing it, but. Just saying how I feel all the time is so freeing. And my life has, I don't know, I'm on this wave right now where everything is just better because I was transparent where I thought I might have been better if I had omitted a couple of details or it might have been better if I had framed it a little differently. 
I've been saying things exactly how they are, exactly how I feel. And mm, the doors are opening like crazy. And people's response to that, I feel is much more trusting. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's where ultimate comes from. Like if you dissect the human psychology of Mm -hmm. what that is, Mm -hmm. um, but so I don't want to get twisted what you're saying. You're saying be more vulnerable and not like if someone is fat and look ugly today, you're not going to say like, oh, you look fat and you look ugly today. Oh yeah. yeah, Don't just say what comes to your mind, but like be vulnerable about yourself and how you feel like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess like a good actionable version of this is people are asking me about my experience and I'm telling them exactly like I'm saying I want to be a professional musician here's how I got into product design mm-hmm. and I'm not being like oh I love product design <laughs> like this is why I'm in product design and that's much more actionable and they trust the fact that I'm there because yeah. of the story that Honestly, led me trustworthiness oh my gosh yeah I just wish I was doing this all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm locked a little bit of a social dynamic mm-hmm. a little bit well I'm gonna keep practicing it though yeah. It's super exciting. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Step <Principle> three. <laughs> number three, applied to relationships. This one's pretty obvious. Uh, care about the other person. Um, like, <laughs> I, I guess that is relationships. That one, that one's pretty obvious. It, however, is less obvious in leadership and in um, personal development. Uh, so okay. I think at different levels of this conversation, the leadership level, the relationship level, and the individual level, some of them are super obvious, but it's the connections between all three levels that I think make this idea powerful. I I agree. I think this is super strong. Okay. So the the fourth point is take ownership over problems. And if you see them, communicate the problems. Um, In relationships, like if, if something is going wrong, like bringing it up, communicating the problems in the relationship, um, not kind of shying away from... I guess the the nitty gritty of relationships, like where where is this going to be in six months? Like, are we going to like move away? And like, life is is hard, and people change. And dude, uh, this is everybody needs to hear that about a relationship. I feel like I've done. You'll hear me, and I think this is actually like kind of dissecting my own. Uh, reasons for why I'm doing the things I'm doing. You'll hear me ask you often, and Will's probably annoyed by this, but I'm asking you honestly, like, how's your heart? Like, is there any way I can support you? All the, you know, those questions mm-hmm. that I ask you occasionally. And it, I think it comes from being surrounded by people that don't immediately deliver those things. And no, no disrespect to anybody that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but I wish we could all get to a point in our own delivery that we would vocalize exactly how we feel. I feel, I'm not going to target all women, but I feel like women especially I have this issue with where I just want you to tell me how you feel, but there's so much nuance to that conversation mm-hmm. every time we have that conversation. Yeah. And and just bringing up like the fact that we're moving or like let's talk about these problems as soon as they happen. Let's mm-hmm. not let these marinate. Yeah, it, and it kind of takes a level of empathy which I personally struggle with, like, like people are flawed in lots of, you know, awful, terrible ways. Yeah. And you know, if, if you're, if you still have feelings for your ex, like I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) Or or, or like if you, you know, have daddy issues, like I, I can tell. We know every time. (laughs) Like that's a problem. And I think we should communicate about that problem. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, 
communication again. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to it, but just articulate how you feel. I think, mm-hmm. I think we uh, too often assume people understand how we feel or think people can read our minds. And mm-hmm. I don't think we explicitly are like, Oh, you know, my friends can read my mind, but we do kind of walk around with that pretense. Yeah. We walk around like that. And if, if we could just kind of open our own eyes to the perception of our friends and family and lovers and leaders and subordinates with that concept, I think that we could, uh, I think it's ultimately empathy, mm-hmm. but I think it opens doors for the relationships on all levels. Yeah. So I love that point. Cool. So all right, let's talk about the individual. Yeah, this is, I think, the fun one. Yeah, this is exciting. And I want to talk a little bit before we get into the principles okay. about how you communicate with yourself. Because the, the underlying principle of all these mm-hmm. principles is communication. So yeah. what does it mean to communicate to yourself? Okay. Um, I think the answer is journaling. Okay. Uh, that, that's how you talk to yourself. And you talk to yourself by writing it down on a page. Yeah. And you're going to write down things that you didn't know you were going to write down. So you just, you get it all out. Um, and I think that's why journaling is such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make this episode about journaling, yeah. but that is what I have found beneficial. And I'm sure there's other ways to communicate with yourself. Like uh, therapy, I guess, is a form of communicating with yourself. You're mm-hmm. just being aided by another person. Yeah. But like working through through past trauma or whatever, I think is really important. I think you can, I think there's, I don't. I don't know if you can even call this meditation, but I think there's types of, meditative instances where you sit with yourself mm-hmm. and just talk to yourself really. Mm-hmm. I think that that has been really beneficial for me other than journaling and stuff like that. But, uh, those, those tools all very, very, very help sort how I'm feeling mm-hmm. for myself. Um, do you have any other tools? I think that this is an important concept because I think it's just not, um, intuitive mm-hmm. how to communicate with oneself. Yeah. Asking yourself questions is kind of a skill. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's there's not an obvious medium to do it. Journaling is probably the most obvious because yeah. you can write down your answers to uh-huh, these questions. Uh-huh. And there's something that makes writing yeah. it so real, by the I way. I think maybe it's just because it's slower. Yeah. Like you you have to get it out on the page. It's it's real. It's there. You can see it. You can read it. Mm-hmm. And not really... I guess having it in your brain, the, the, I, the emotions don't feel as real. Um, at least for me... Sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling because I'm bad at understanding my own emotions. Oh, same, bro. Same. But uh, journaling, I guess, helps me understand myself. It's communicating with myself. Seriously, I I actually have, I mean, yeah, I have instances where I don't know mm-hmm. that I'm feeling a certain way and I'll sit down in a journal and I'll spit out a thousand mm-hmm. words about how I feel. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, buddy. Like what? <laughs> Communication is really hard at all three <laughs> levels, leaderships, relationships, and personal. It's it's hard to communicate. It, it's the yeah. bottleneck of understanding human nature. Yeah. And I think, I think ultimately this starts with us all just acknowledging that that's the truth mm-hmm. and communication is re- actually very difficult mm-hmm. and we all need to strive to be better communicators Yeah, with ourselves, with our, with our relationships, with our leadership. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love this episode. <laughs> so uh yeah applying these four principles to yourself um the first principle is have a mission know your why what is the purpose of your life <laughs> yeah. why why we have had an entire episode about this go yeah. listen to it yeah um it's important to know what your goals are and and why do i do this mm-hmm. you know i i had this action okay why yeah. <laughs> 
it makes a lot of things in your life so much easier if you have a, a mission because you can trace that mission back from you know this grand end vision yeah. into what should I be doing today? And it makes decisions mm-hmm. so much easier because you can either be for or against things in alignment with this mm-hmm. overarching mission that, you know, like if you, if you're offered something that you are not necessarily into and you, and you have even adverse pressures like peer pressure or something mm-hmm. like that, just in this like one instance I'm talking about, you can easily say what your decision would be because you are more familiar with yeah. why you act in this way. So I mean, just on so that's just one instance of why it's mm-hmm. important, but just so many instances where knowing your why is just extremely beneficial, which I think we covered mm-hmm. in that episode. But yeah, yeah super, super, super dope. <laughs> I think people who are religiously inclined are like laughing their asses off right now because they're thinking you're literally just explaining God. why religion is valuable. Yeah, like it it gives you a mission and it kind of takes what you were saying like the the framework for how you get to that mission yeah you know is the rule set of a religion um so i think we're, we're kind of just explaining like why religions are valuable why religions work we're yeah. not starting a religion yet <laughs> i just want to be careful because i feel like maybe we should not be scared to talk about like kind of more hot button topics like what gender roles are and you know the validity of religion and stuff like that yeah. but like i don't want to derail a conversation too much but i feel like a big flaw for religion and for me at least in the difference between this codification and all the similar codifications that we explore mm-hmm. in comparison to religion is that the self-reliance isn't there in religion. Mm-hmm. Like I know, for example, something that I've been taught in non-denominational churches is to throw your anxiety to God and give it to God and trust that there's like, you know, he takes care of the process. The self-reliance is not there in that process that, that it, you are taken out of the equation, you know, like you have, uh, some sort of negative emotion, a bad thought, it's not then thrown to your brain to then work through mm-hmm. and process and understand reasoning and then be, become better because of. You actually just throw it away in the trash can, it feels mm-hmm. like. And then there's no hurdle to overcome is how I feel. And, th- and thus you're not better after. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. I don't want to get about religions either, but religions give you all the answers. It's like a bootstrap for how to live your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- I think all the answers that they give are the correct answers. Yeah. But finding out for yourself why that's the correct answer, answering these questions for yourself. Yes. Is what I, that, that's the process. Exactly. The, the process is the end goal. Exactly. And I'm so not against religion. I yeah. want people to pursue that. I just, for me, that's my di- disconnect at the moment and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm subject to change. There's probably ways to pursue it within a religious context, which are really helpful. I am I'm just sure we could do it now. Too much of a rationalist to... to <laughs> I don't know. I my ego is too big to believe in God is the real answer. <laughs> um, but anyways, moving on to the second principle. We should have an episode about it. I think I think it'd be a cool conversation. Okay, let's do it. Okay, next next principle. Um, let me remember what that principle is. Have boundaries and communicate them well. So know what you are going to allow yourself to do. Know what you're not going to allow yourself. Yeah, to Yeah, what you won't do. Yeah, I love like that. what are the things you're never going to do? I love uh, it. Jacob Madure is never going to smoke weed. I love it. Or until he makes a million dollars. Like that's a boundary that you have. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have those boundaries. I also think it's really important to recognize that your boundaries don't have to be super rational. Like you don't have to have a why behind all your boundaries as long as they help you reach your your goal, your mission. I, I like that. Sometimes it's enough to just say, I follow this rule because I have this rule. And in the context of a family, I think that that's actually really important. Um, 
when I was a kid, I hated the fact that there were just like, you know, I, I guess I, we literally said the opposite at the beginning of this episode. Like, you, like you rules have, for rules sake. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just about it being hard to communicate, but it's better if it's intentional, but if it's not super rational, but it still helps you achieve your goal, it's, it's important. You use, I was talking like, for example, the weed thing, mm-hmm. like it's not super rational, but it may help me achieve my goal. Yeah, well, it, I don't know. It, it, Maybe in a roundabout way because you have this trust with yourself and you're, right. not, you're not degrading your own word with yourself because you said you were going to do something and then you you didn't. I think that's so important just for your own self-mission. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't fixate on your boundaries. It's just important to have them and then, you know, maybe be flexible, but maybe be able to change. I, I was going to say too, I think, I think it's important to have strong beliefs, um, but have them loosely held and be able to adjust dynamically mm-hmm. throughout your life as yeah. you learn new things and find out new things and what is that from strong beliefs loosely held i don't know i like it though yeah i saw it in a jd's recently jd's i saw it in a jd the job description recently oh. yeah I, that's the, a, it's a quote from i think a president i want to say but I'm i not think really sure. i think it's so good because i think that's how i think that classifies mm-hmm. a lot of how we view things it's like we we care about a lot but you can also tell us we're wrong. Mm-hmm. I hope you tell us we're wrong. Actually, yeah. I want to be wrong. I <laughs> yeah. love. I love me. I'm wrong. wrong. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I love me. I'm wrong. Yeah, because that means I get better. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So the third. You said the third was um, communicating the boundaries to yourself. Uh, the second is boundaries. So just oh, to go okay. over them again. One is um, have a mission. Two is boundaries. Okay. Three is genuinely caring about people. Okay. And then four is extreme ownership. So is, is three in the, in the context of oneself, uh, just more about self-appreciation and, and yeah, it's about giving yourself, um, like a pass to care about what you care about, like validating your own goals as worthy pursuits and, uh, basically not being a nihilist. Like, okay. Will you explain that? Nihilism? Yeah. It's um, basically when you believe that nothing matters because we're all going to die. Got it. And because nothing matters, you don't have to do anything. Got it. Um, But at the end of the day, I think we all have wants and desires and caring about yourself, like, is is hard to do sometimes. Like, yeah. I don't know. This one, I think, is the hardest to apply to yourself. And I don't know exactly, like... How to codify it? Well, yeah. Well, I don't know how to explain it and communicate it, and I don't know if I fully understand like what it means to to care about myself as a principle, yeah. as a self development tool. Yeah. But I I think it's important. I think tools like journaling and and mm-hmm. figuring yourself out, asking yourself questions, getting to the bottom of your hurt and and discomfort, um, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations intentionally to get better, uh, striving for more. Uh, giving yourself rest when you need it, giving yourself mm-hmm. push when you need it, giving yourself um, yeah. reprieve. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think all those are sort of like along the lines of what I think of. I also think of more topical and and baseline hedonic things like mm-hmm. getting a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it, I've been really it, trying if, to push Will on a pedicure. If you're the leader of a team and – you apply principle number three, like what does it look like to care for someone else? Yeah. And then taking those same actions and then applying them to yourself is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just giving yourself space and time and in love and, and approaching yourself holistically like you would 
other people. I think oftentimes too, um, I run into like a lot of people close to me that have just awful negative uh, voices in their head. And I, I've been there too. So I understand, but I also, it's, I'm so far removed from it as well that it's hard for me to get back to there and how I got out of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know uh, how I kind of work things around for myself other than just started telling myself positive stuff mm-hmm. until it, it was just part of the vernacular. Yeah. And all the negative stuff was not part of the vernacular. And yeah, positive self-talk. Yeah, I, I have pretty pretty limited negative vernacular in my own brain. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've said anything negative to myself in a very long time. I, like, I, I said constructive things. Yeah. I say constructive things all the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't say things that are mean ever. Okay. I'm never mean to myself. Yeah, I think that's important and yeah. really hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do. Or for I used, me, it's really hard to do. I used to be mean to myself. I used to like beat myself up, and I still am hard on myself. But I, I don't not. I'm never mean anymore. I like that that phrasing. Don't be mean to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I guess like you wouldn't. I, be, and be good I, to yourself. Yeah, I think like a lot of people too wouldn't be mean to other people. Yeah, but they find it in themselves that it's okay. They give themselves the pass to be mean to themselves, and it's just not okay. It's st- it should be taken as seriously, if not more seriously, mm-hmm. because ultimately it's going to reflect that in other people. Um, because you can't love. You genuinely, I would love to talk to you about self-love more in another time, but you can't love other people truly until you've learned to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that almost applies to all of these principles. Like you can't enforce boundaries on a team unless you have boundaries in yourself. Yeah. You can't have a mission for a relationship until you've had a mission for yourself. And I love that. I I don't know how far that extends, but I think because these principles, I believe transcend all three of these levels Mm -hmm. by being good at one of them, it kind of gives you a leg up on, on the other levels. Kind of like how being generally athletic and like really good at one sport probably gives you a leg up in a lot of other sports just because you have that baseline understanding of athleticism. Having a baseline understanding of understanding human nature, which is the core of all three of these levels, being good at one level kind of makes you better at the other ones. So being a well-disciplined, self-developed person is probably a good step to being a good leader. Yeah, I think that's a great great phrasing and um, really true. Mm -hmm. It probably gives you some momentum towards accomplishing more of that too yeah uh kind of yeah so what's the last step one more time for extreme ownership extreme ownership and applying this to yourself i think is absolutely liberating um if you see a problem in your life that is your problem nobody is going to solve that problem except for you and if you don't solve that problem no one's going to think that this is so important i I would yeah i think that like self-love is probably the most important on on Mm -hmm. the self-spectrum and then extreme ownership goes right under that Mm -hmm. um i i feel like i dealt with this so much as a teenager specifically Mm -hmm. where i was trying to shift blame a lot and i see it in my little brother a lot right now Mm -hmm. and i'm constantly having the conversation with him it's like look if you are late and you blame traffic for example you should have you should have Mm-hmm. effectively yeah extreme uh, ownership yeah, yeah you should have effectively thought of the fact that there mm-hmm. would be traffic at this time you you come home at this time every time mm-hmm. and you know there's traffic so adjust for traffic next time you know what i mean yeah. or or i couldn't help it i got stuck in the uh uh at a red light it, the red light broke 
like build some time into your commute mm-hmm. next time. That's that's what extreme ownership yeah. is, you know, like like taking every situation and saying, how could I have done better? Yeah. Because you can. That's kind of the essence of leadership, I feel like, is you are ultimately responsible for the outcomes. Yes. And it it there's no one on the team whose fault it can be other than yours if yes. you're the leader. Yes. Because that is your job as the leader. You accomplish the mission. You have people who work with you and but it's literally your job. Yes. So I have I have some good takeaways to add, mm-hmm. I guess, from my time Please being do. being a leader in various sports and stuff. One was servant warrior mentality, which is something I think that is super awesome, but it ultimately boils down to you kissing the feet of the slave and still leading the people to freedom. Servant leadership, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So and and we called it servant warrior. Okay. Um, just because there was an emphasis on being fearless in this particular mm-hmm. football team. Um, is that the same thing as um, taking the blame but giving the credit? No, I was actually just about to get okay. that, uh, talk about that next. Okay. So the servant warrior is just about like everyone on the team is important. And even though we are great in this arena, we lead our lives with humility and um, it's there's a balance to it. And I, I don't know if this is an essential part of leadership, but I think it's a uh, something I admire deeply mm-hmm. in a leader. And I, I think it's definitely a, uh, it makes you a more approachable leader mm-hmm. because people like a guy that is liked, not somebody that's a dick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and it doesn't rule from fear. It leaves, it's, it's really, it's ultimately leading from love. That's what, that's what it is. You're leading with love. And I think that that's an essential part of being a good leader. In my opinion, you talked about caring about your people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's so essential that I don't even think about that as a factor. Yeah, maybe it could be rephrased to be stronger. Like instead of caring about people, like loving your people. Yeah, no. And you should. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's essential. Uh, the next part was as a quarterback, I was just taught to take all the blame mm-hmm. and sh- uh, shed all the credit. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, 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 it's sort of self-defeating and a little detrimental, but at, at the same time, I think it puts your people and the people you're actually leading mm-hmm. in a much better place with you. And I feel like I had a great relationship with all the people I was leading on the football field because of that. Like we, we would get in the paper and it was all about my linemen. It was all about the wide receivers. It was all about the running backs. And, you know, they, they ask you questions and you can like shed blame almost to a fall. And I think that's okay as a leader, especially in the public facing context, like being interviewed at the mm-hmm. paper. Um, you want to give all the people that are part of this the light. But then in the same context in the public sphere, when our football team lost, it was all about how I could have done better. Mm-hmm. And it was no one else's fault. You know, and and that's not yeah. the true reality of the picture, but I think that puts you in a good place yeah. as a leader. Too. But as a leadership, as a leader, it is the true picture. Yeah. Like, if if the team fails, that's because you failed. Yeah. Like that's your job. Yeah. And I think quarterbacks specifically, if they're good quarterbacks, demonstrate this really well. Um, when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, like not too long ago, uh-huh. uh, he was up there and they were interviewing him, and like his teammates would would ride and die for him because of who he is. Uh-huh. But eventually he got to a point where he told the guy interviewing him, like, I don't want to be up here. Get one of these other guys up here. Like the credit is not about me. It's about the team. And he exactly. like, walked off the stage and like let one of his guys go up there and answer questions. Exactly. Like, everyone of course only wants to talk to Tom Brady. Yeah. But I don't know. He's very humble and yeah. that's why he's a good quarterback. And it's easy to, it's easy to think that that spotlight is 
sort of all your own mm -hmm. as as in a position like the quarterback. But it's so important to make that separation that this is an effort and it's easy in the public sphere to think that, you know, this is the one, this is the guy. But in reality, it's not just him. Of it's, course it's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's 11 people on an offense. So, and if one person doesn't do their job, the play doesn't happen. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, although his role is very important, like the play doesn't happen without him, mm -hmm. and he has the ball the majority of the time, it also doesn't happen with all the other people, and mm -hmm. that's that's just important. So that's one concept, and those are like my two add-ons to add. And that another one, my last contribution to the conversation was just that pressure is a really important part of leadership. I feel like, and a really important part of the active training of being a better leader, and that there's no way to simulate it. So you have to just be in a position where you're leading people and if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done and it's your fault. And that pressure is not something I feel like you can manufacture. And that is some of the most real practice that is necessary mm -hmm. to lead people in intense environments. Yeah, we could sit here and pontificate about the theories of leadership all day, but yeah. until you actually practice it, you don't know it. Yeah, I would say like even even being a, the line lead in the kitchen is a lot of pressure. You're cooking people's food. And I learned a lot about leadership actually in a in a restaurant mm -hmm. and I learned even more about it on a football field and I learned even more about it on a baseball field and I learned even more about it as a class president and all these other things so I and and both of us have this insight that we were uh old older siblings in our family and I think that there's a lot mm -hmm. of natural things that you have to take accountability for at least I did specifically I don't I don't want to speak for you but yeah I'm I'm not that that way with my siblings I could definitely be a better leader to my siblings I, I don't have that relationship with them though so yeah so i i definitely step into that a little bit more a little harder mm -hmm. and i wonder if it's just because of all those other influences and what makes me feel like i should or need mm -hmm. to but ultimately i don't know i don't know man i just think that i want to it's another thing i want to get better at yeah. too but i think you're right communication is probably the most crucial of all those things um and we can't simulate it but it's it's when you get the chance to practice it, it's important. Also, you can practice it from any layer of that. Like yeah. you don't have to be the quote unquote leader yeah, to definitely. be a leader and take accountability and communicate well. Um, and then, yeah, man. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was it. I love that it. That was my, my little framework. I love it. I think you're so smart, Will. <laughs> Thank you. That's what <laughs> I need to be told. <laughs> so Jacob, where can they find us online? Oh, 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 I'm so glad you asked. They can find us on, on uh, the internet mm. at, at livingeverynow.com. You just type in livingeverynow.com. You mm. can go to our website. Um, what, what percentage is it done? Oh, I have no idea. Maybe 37%? 37%. We're oh, getting there. Fuck yeah. Um, additionally, we have a little Discord channel. We'd love to have you in. That'll be linked in the bio, and you can get a little invite to our Discord and and hopefully join our accountability channel. Last episode, we talked about, you know, my little sugar strike. Mm. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling everything my little, but my little sugar strike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you can check out our little accountability channel and check out my little sugar strike, and and hopefully add your own accountability to it. Additionally, we, we put a free resource out on Twitter every single day, something brand new, something that will change your life for the better, hopefully. And you can check out our Instagram where nothing really happens, but that seems to be where everybody follows, follows us. So you can <laughs> check that out. Um, other than that, I'm super grateful you brought this topic up. I think you did a great job. Uh, and uh, I'm really uh, grateful.
grateful and happy to be here. So thanks. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for doing it with me. Yeah, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.